I'm Robin Amler of IBS Intelligence. You're listening to the IBS iViews podcast. With me is Deepak Gupta, Global Head, Payment as a Service, Partnerships and Strategic Alliances at Volante Technologies. Thank you for joining me, Deepak. We are talking about payments, the issues facing payments providers. We are seeing business challenges and technical challenges, okay, the, the banks are facing, and I'm going to address both of them. On the business side, due to COVID, the adoption of uh, digital payments in the B2B space has gone through the roof. Okay, we already knew it was going through the roof for B2C payments uh, with all the players out there. And we all, always knew that players like Square and uh, in the B2C space, small business space were going through the roof, but B2B space was stable. But for the last one year, the volumes have gone through the roof. and the current systems the banks have are not able, are not ready to, to, to deal those, with those kind of volumes and those kind of growths over the next three to five years. So it's not just today's volume, it's what's expected over the next three to five years. It's also you know, a substantial growth the banks are seeing. So number one challenge is that the growth is happening in the, in the transaction volume and the systems are not able to deal with that. Number two, there are uh, new payment types being demanded by the customers. And the bank's current systems are not flexible enough or not extensible enough to offer those kind of payments. For example, uh, real-time payments. You know, real-time payment used to be a thing in the B2C space, in the consumer space, but now it's equally important in the B2B space, okay? Just to give you an example of what we're hearing from the banks is if you take a simple example of ACH, which is a typically a batch payment methodology, right? What typically happens, you send a file, two days or three days in advance to your payroll provider. And that payroll provider credits the money, takes the money away from your account and sits on that money and, and, and collects the interest on that money for two to three days. And then after third day, the payments are issued to the employees. Why does it have to be a batch process? Why can't the same day, the last day of the month or the last day of the pay period, we can just automatically send a file to the payment provider, the bank, and they can do real-time transactions? And all the money goes into account right away. So, so there's a transition happening from even existing payment types to real-time payment types. So that's the second challenge is the new payment types are coming and the banks are not, they don't, they don't have an easy way to provide those to their customers because currently today, as you know, banks have a pretty convoluted and complex payment infrastructure in place. They have a different application for ACH. They have a different application for maybe wire. Maybe they use somebody else for you know, uh, uh, SWIFT, uh, maybe somebody else for a different payment type. Does it mean you go to a different vendor for every payment type and for real time, you go to somebody else now? And how do you make sure these systems talk to each other? How do you make sure when these systems upgrade, they're still talking to each other? So that's the second challenge is new payment types are coming. And the third is the quality of service. As the payment type, as the volumes are increasing, as the new payment types are coming, the current quality of service is not suitable for these banks. They're not happy with it. They're not happy with the scalability. They're not happy with the performance. They're not happy with the resiliency. They're worried about disaster recovery in case a disaster were to hit. They don't have a well-tested, well-thought-through disaster recovery strategy across regions. Okay, That's the third challenge they're facing. And the fourth challenge we see they're facing is there are new standards emerging. For example, ISO 2022. Most of the payment rails across the globe are either going towards ISO standards or will be going towards ISO standards in the next couple of years. 
And the current systems, the current system they have are not ISO compliant. And, and to make them ISO compliant, what they're hearing from their provider, their vendor, is you have to upgrade. These banks have done upgrades before, and they know upgrade is like a root canal surgery. Okay, they, they are not going to go through that pain again, that process again on the current system, which has all the limitations I talked about. And fifth is future proofing is, okay, if you can help me solve this problem today, maybe, maybe you can provide me real-time payment today. What happens when Fed now comes in 2023? Do I have to sign up and do I have to go to a different vendor then to, to worry about Fed now? Or the same provider, which provides me real-time payments today through TCH, can provide me Fed now as well. So that's called future proofing. So those are the five challenges we see today. And notice here, Robin, nowhere I talked about cost and, and savings, okay? Because people think about the only reason you go to cloud is to save money. I didn't even talk about cost. Cost is, the, is also a very important element because banks are spending substantial amount of time and resources and money on just maintaining the current systems, which are not able to meet their business needs. I think what you're actually telling me is that current systems are not fit for purpose and will be even less fit for purpose in the future. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why that's why we see a tremendous pickup in pay, payment modernization projects across the globe. And there's a tremendous pickup in the demand from every geography. You talked a little bit about the technological challenges that banks are facing as when you were listing through the, the issues you've identified. How are those issues, those technology issues being addressed? In terms of technology issue, there's, there's some nirvana called cloud, okay? And, and it really is nirvana. You know, I come from the ERP world. I used to be an executive at companies like Oracle and PeopleSoft. As you know, we used to provide business applications like HR, CRM, manufacturing, supply chain, you know, uh, payroll, and those kind of applications to the enterprises. And we saw the similar challenges banks face today in the payment space, in the ERP space 20 years ago, okay? And, and 20 years ago, there was a, what do you call a disruption happening? And the disruption was called SaaS, software as a service. And, and you saw the vendors like Salesforce, ServiceNow, Workday, you know, and many other, uh, many hundreds of other companies are sprung up there and pretty much disrupted the behemoths, the giants of the industry. Who were the giants? Remember Siebel, company called Siebel? Yeah. Okay. Multi-billion dollar corporation, the global leader of, of CRM. Where is it today? Acquired by Oracle many, many years ago. Uh, there was companies like, you know, there were many other companies like Vantip. There was a company called PeopleSoft. I used to be an SPP at PeopleSoft. PeopleSoft got acquired by Oracle as well, right? So consolidation happened. Why did all these things happen? It happened because customers realized there is a better way to consume these services than the traditional way of implementing on-prem. And that disruption was enabled by cloud. Because if you think about it, Salesforce didn't go out and build a cloud infrastructure, they leveraged the cloud infrastructure, okay? What they didn't go out and create a cloud, they leveraged cloud infrastructure being provided by third-party companies. So, that, so two things happened, cloud became available, and cloud provided all the benefits which the customers were struggling with. Number one, how do I convert my uh, CapEx to OpEx? They didn't have to invest millions of dollars upfront. They didn't have to buy the hundreds of servers out there, even if they didn't need them, right? They didn't have to put rack and stack them somewhere. 
they didn't have to hire an, hire an army of system administrators and database administrators and all that stuff. They didn't have to build data centers around the world, right? Cloud did all that. So it's also, what was a CapEx became OpEx. Also, it became a service. So you were able to consume whatever you needed today, and you were able to scale up and down very, very low, low cost. Third thing which happened, the technologies evolved very, very quickly. So now databases can support you know, almost instant failover from one region to another region. So, so if you use Azure today, if you use uh, AWS today, with a click of a button, you can switch from one region to a, another region which is thousands of miles away. So you have resiliency, you have disaster recovery, you have uh, scaling up and scaling down, you have quality of the product which have evolved. So cloud came, and then on the top of cloud, what's happening new in the payment space, which by the way, already happened in other industries for the last 10, 20 years, is software as a service. And we call that payment as a service. So we at Volante tell our banks that, hey, we provide you cloud native solution. So that's the third thing. When cloud came and software as a service came, the current uh, providers of the payment solutions, the B2B payment solutions, uh, the space we play in, don't have cloud native solutions. So what they are doing is they're doing lift and shift. They are, they are picking up whatever they had, which wasn't designed for the cloud. So it is inherently is not cloud native. So it does not really take full advantage of whatever cloud has to provide. Uh, doesn't provide you auto failover, doesn't provide you auto scaling, doesn't provide you configuration of microservices. It's still a monolithic system on the cloud. They put it on the cloud and say, hey, here's uh, payment as a service. It's not payment as a service. So we tell the client, you have two options. You can take our software and put it on your private cloud, whichever you use. You, you might use AWS, Google. We are cloud agnostic. We are also agnostic the way you want to consume it. You want to run it yourself on your cloud, do it. Or you want us to manage it for you. We can provide you an end-to-end -end payment as a service. Okay. Now, the advantage is if you allow us to do that, you don't have to worry about the infrastructure. You don't have to worry about technology. You don't have to worry about hiring people. You don't have to worry about setting up infrastructure, setting up disaster recovery. Uh, you don't have to worry about how do I configure this application for Volante. You don't have to hire a third-party firm to configure the application for you uh, or, or implement the application for you. We provide a total bundle solution. So the value is time to market. It's something which took 12 to 18 months, sometimes many years, can take up to you know maybe maybe 60 to 90 days, maybe maybe 180 days now. So if you are a bank, you should now, if you partner with someone like Volante, we provide you cloud native solutions, which are designed for the cloud, which are, by the way, running on Azure, Azure infrastructure from Microsoft. It's a global world-class infrastructure. And now you can worry, you can focus your limited resources away from worrying about technology and, 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 and software, focused on what do my clients need? How do I provide those services in a timely manner to them? How do I compete with the fintechs around the world, which are eating my, you know, eating my bread? So, so you can worry about growing your business and let us worry about running the infrastructure and the application and the upgrades. Payments are commodities, are exactly. invisible. They're also not the end of the process. The payment is the enabler of the process. The process is a company selling something to another company or to an individual, or an individual selling something to an individual, 
and receiving payment for it and that payment being made. But the payment is just part of the process. It's the exchange of goods that is the be-all and end-all of the transaction. The bank's focus rightly needs to be on what new services do I offer to my clients? What value add? What value add can I offer to my clients? Number two, it's also a focus on retention. You know, when you think about, there's a lot of discussion about real-time payments in the banking industry. And I talked to a lot of banks and I was talking to one of the bank's chairmen. Uh, It's a mid-sized bank uh, and the chairman. And and there was was a roundtable discussion I was part of. And the discussion was about how much money can bank make by offering real-time payment to their as a service to their customers, okay? And this chairman said to, to other banks, guys, wrong question to ask. It's a table stake. Yeah. You have to offer real-time payment as a service, okay? Yes. And, and let me tell you how much money you might be making. It might be free. Yes, okay? so, absolutely. So you might be offering it free to your customers. Focus on retention. This is a table stake. Table stake. Your customers expect you to have it. If you don't have it, they're going to go to somebody else who has it. Okay. So focus on client quality, client satisfaction, and not about how much money you can make because offering payments, different type of payments is a commodity. Okay. Focus on value add. And the second thing we also do uh, uh, help our customers, other use case I'm seeing uh, where we help customers, we have, we have live customers today, is client onboarding. Client onboarding is you are a bank. You sign up a new customer tomorrow, okay? You are an XYZ bank, and tomorrow you go and sign, let's say, Disney as a customer. Now, you understand Disney has complex systems. Disney is just an example. It could be BMW. It could be anybody, right? They have complex systems. By the time you are able to integrate the the payment uh, formats Disney systems produce, to the formats your systems can consume and, and be able to do business with them could be months. It's amazing to see, and to be very honest, having, having come from the ERP world, I just look at how far behind the B2B payment space is in terms of maturity and evolution. Well, there's obviously going to be catch up in the next few years. Deepak Gupta, Global Head Payments as a Service, Partnerships and Strategic Alliances at Volante Technologies, thank you very much.